Today's opening quote is, this is me. Please understand, I've been waiting to leave since I discovered roads that could take me anywhere I want to go. I think I made that quote up myself, but I didn't. Fodder's Travels, that's where you can find it in one of their books. Hi Sharon, this is Judith from the UK. Absolutely loving the Hot Foot Roams podcast. Properly cracking up at the bus stop and people watching me thinking, what is wrong with this woman? Is she funny in the head? Anyway, keep on keeping on, keep on hot foot roaming. More podcasts, please. Oh, thank you. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Hot Foot Rums podcast. How are you, good people? It is me, Sharon Harris, your inconsistent host of the Hot Foot Rums podcast. Uh, yeah, it's been a while, right? Yeah, 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 it's been a while. I don't want to. I don't want to go on about it. It's been a while, though. I've missed you all. Trust me. I don't know if you've missed me, but I have definitely missed you. I, you know, on this episode. I want to talk about race and travel. So today's episode is entitled, Am I Going to Be the Only One in the Village? And that's like a running kind of joke statement that sometimes we London people make. So if you're the only one in the village, it really just means that you usually are the only black face to be found. So hence why I named it, Am I Going to Be the Only One in the Village? So anyway... This episode is about race and travel, barriers to travel, language, culture, customs, etc. So really and truly, the episode initially came about via an Instagram post from at where Lexi wanders. And this episode is actually going to be part, it's going to be a two part episode. So this is part one. Part two is going to follow a little bit later on, so it's probably not going to be the next episode that follows closely. And the reason for that is I actually want to interview a couple of people who've had some interesting experiences um, as black people who are traveling parts of the world where black faces are not that common. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, yeah, I'm going to have them. That was like a really big ass yawn. I'm going to have them as guests on the show. But today, you just have me yapping on about some random stuff. So, yeah, stay tuned. Um, I've got a few bits and bobs I want to talk about in the show, okay? So, as I mentioned, today's episode is about race and travel. And it is inspired by a Instagram post posted by at where Lexi wonders. And so I want to look at, I'm going to talk about rumors, historical factors, straight up fear of coming out of your postcode, your city, your country, and whether or not other people actually speak English. So as I mentioned, at where Lexi wonders, she had posted a post on Instagram. And I was like, I could so relate to that. Because basically she was saying, listen, I love my black friends, but they're often asking me when I go to certain parts of the world, so what? Are there black people there? Oh, 
So you got on a date. Is he black? Because I didn't think black people lived there. Oh my gosh. And sometimes they're just talking about basic places in South America, you know. They're not talking about far-flung parts of Iceland or or parts of Asia that no one's ever heard of. They're just talking about right places where, yes, black people live there. Okay. One of the jokes that I encountered, and there's a few jokes I'm going to share in today's episode, but one of the jokes I had encountered was um, when I was going to Argentina. So, oh my God. Okay, sorry. So when I was leaving um, Brazil, I was going to, I was going to, I went to Uruguay and then I was planning to go to Argentina to see the Iguazu Falls. And Crazy Sharon didn't quite plan that properly. So getting to Argentina, no problem. I have my flight booked to get out of Argentina to take me to Chile, no problem. But the window between arrival and departure was ridiculously tight. There was no Iguazu Falls for me. So that ain't going to happen. But one of the things that a couple of my friends, who definitely haven't even been to this part of the world, they tried to put the frighteners on me. I mean, like an idiot for the first time I actually believed it. And it was the last time as well. And I definitely think that that's something we as travelers need to be really aware of. Like who, who do you listen to? You know, you listen to the core part of yourself, your intuition and your deep, deep rooted desires. But really and truly, you can't take counsel from people who ain't been where you've been. Don't do that. But anything in life, if they ain't done what you've done and they ain't be where you've been, you can't take counsel from those people, people. So me, like a fool, believed some of my friends when they talked about Argentina and it kind of put the finders on me. So they were telling me, um, you know, you got to be careful, you know, to kidnap black people in Argentina and they kill them or they send them to Brazil. Yes they were telling me that. Now, bear in mind, I'd never, ever heard this before. So I don't dispute the fact that maybe once upon a time that that may well have happened. That happened in many parts of the world where Africans were enslaved and had a free African been roaming the streets of anywhere where slavery took place, he or she would have been kidnapped and killed or banished, or tortured, or something else. So yes, that's not necessarily a lie, or a made-up story that definitely would have happened at some point in life, in some point in time in history. So anyway, people are telling me this stuff, you know, how racist they are. My friend, one of my friends in London, he's a big football fan, and he's like, yes, I'm to be careful with that. Argentina, man, you know those those football fans are so racist. I'm like, great, great. So anyway, I I land in Argentina. I'd actually taken the overnight bus from Uruguay that took me straight into Buenos Aires, and I come straight into the bus station at Buenos Aires. So you know. What? I went to the tourist office, there's a little tourist office booth 
inside the bus station um, that had arrived in Buenos Aires like 6 a.m. It was still dark and nothing was open. So, oh my gosh, I am so tired, sorry. I had got to the, got to the tourist booth and just plotted there until it opened. So, there's a lady that was sat at the desk, I'm going never forget her. Dark-haired lady sat at the desk. So kind, so really helpful. And so really helpful. And I basically asked her. Now, to me, I didn't think that she was a white lady. She was quite brown and skin and had dark hair. So I thought that maybe she was kind of mixed biracial. So I asked her, I asked her what she thought about this particular statement. I told her that my friends had said X, Y, and Z. None of them had been here. But, you know, you're Brazilian. You're who you are. She actually defined herself as a white woman. So I was like, well, what do you think about these, these rumors? Well, you know, is it true? Is it true? Is Argentina that Roman racist place where people just walk up and down and kidnap black people? Is that true? In 2018? I mean, what say you? And she was like, no, that doesn't happen here. She's like, yes, people are going to stare at you. But in Buenos Aires, there's so many, there's so many people from everywhere. She's like in the north, actually, is a lot more mixed, which was quite interesting to hear because I I'd actually thought, well, the capital would be mixed because a lot of capital cities tend to be like that. People move to the, the capital city for work and education and other aspects of prosperity and movement. So I actually thought that Buenos Aires would actually be more mixed, but according to her, um, a Argentinian born and raised, that actually the North, because it borders on other countries in South America, and people tend to migrate from other parts of South America to Argentina directly from the North, that actually the North is much more mixed. It's like, oh, okay, that's good to know. So she's like, no, you're fine. You can walk around the city, no problem. You know, yes, there are ignorant people, but nobody's going to kidnap you. Cool. That's all I need to hear. So roamed Buenos Aires, I did. I was actually only there for a day. That's how crazy tight my my idea of going to Iguazu Falls was uh, non-existent. Yeah, so that didn't happen. I was a bit disappointed about that at the time. I mean, it's been such a long time and I've kind of just forgotten all about it, but now talking to you guys, and I remember how disappointed I was that I didn't I didn't plan that one properly. So I'm going to have to go back to Argentina. So when I get to Chile, I went to a reggae club in the downtown area and I'm going to get you the name of the reggae club 
definitely I'm going to get you the right name, the reggae club. I don't have it to hand. Smart Sharon always goes to record and doesn't have the stuff in front of her. I'm sorry. But anyway, went to this reggae club. I'm like, okay, in Chile. Oh, all right. So this is my ignorance now. So I get to the club and it's full of like Chileans, you know, Indo, Chileans. Um, there's a few black people and there's a few white people, obviously, but mainly kind of Indo. Chile is, I mean, dude's got locks, man's got a big old rasta man beard, he's got on a tan with the red, gold and green, I'm serious, this is Chile. I was like, shit. And they're throwing down reggae people. Not some pop-tastic nonsense that Jason B, J- Justin Bieber's trying to sing over. Oh no. They're playing Sizzler and Capleton and Beanie Man, but not that commercial stuff. And and Bounty Killer, and I'm like, shit, they're throwing in dub plates, I'm like, oh my gosh, you are serious tonight, then they got their Spanish, you know, they got Chilean reggae, so reggae in Spanish, and then they mix it up with the reggaeton, they're throwing a bit of soca, I'm like, oh my god, this place is bumping, I had a ball, so the joke of the night between me and my Haitian friend, it was actually the Chile women, Chilean women were on my bum like white on rice. They were obsessed with my bum, you know, speaking to me in Spanish, like, I don't understand what they're saying. But I gathered the fact that, oh my God, look at your bum. And they're winding up on my bum, bum to bum. They're like, oh, give me some. Look how flat my bum is. Give me some, please. And they obsessed, that fixated, want to hug me up all night, trying to pinch my bum. These are the women. And, you know, I gathered it was no homo scenario. But even if it was homo, I was still surprised. Like, they were, like, feeling my bum. It was odd. Very odd. Very odd. And I had a similar scenario when I got to Peru with the bum obsession. So I told you about getting stranded en route to Machu Picchu. So I'm in Machu Picchu town for a few days. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. So sorry about the yawning. I'm in Machu Picchu town for a few days and, you know, trying to make the most of it. Not a lot goes in in Machu Picchu town. Also known as Aguas Calientes. Tiny place. Like, they don't even have cars. It's tiny. Everything is on a fucking hill, man. Everything. Once you've done a hit, once you've been stranded and walking up and down, you don't want to walk nowhere. But my legs were noodles for all the days that I stayed in Aguas Calientes. Shit. So anyway, there's loads of little massage places, like every other shop. It's a food shop, beauty bar, massage place. Food shop, beauty bar, massage place. That was literally it in the town. So I was like desperate to get a massage. Stopped in one place. So me and my friend managed to wangle a cheap deal. So we got full body massage and hot stones for like £10. Like an hour massage with hot stones on top. How about a tenner? Excuse me. And so going for the massage. The place is relatively clean, you know. It's relatively clean. I think this place is called Healing Hands, if I'm not mistaken, because there's a, quite a few of them. And you kind of, it's... I. I strongly advise you because you will be stopped and asked. Do you want a massage? Do you want a massage? Wherever you decide to part with your money, make sure 
you've had a little sneak in, a little sneak peek, have a look because some of the facilities are just minging, just minging. So the ones that have really good standard of cleanliness, they've got decent towels, you know, the staff are wearing uniforms and it's clean and stuff like that. They can be a bit few and far between in that particular area. So I strongly recommend no matter what the price is, you ask them, oh, can I pop inside and have a look? Definitely do that. So anyway, we had already, my friend already done the pop in and I trusted her judgment. So we then popped in together. I had a look around like, yeah, we took the price down cool let's go with this so like I said my legs are noodles my body is tired so I'm like yeah jump on the bench you know she's like strip down to underwear strip down yeah I didn't know I wasn't commando I had my underwear so anyway she's warming up the hot stones now she's gonna do the full body massage I'm like yeah man I'm looking forward to this my body's aching She's massaging like, my shoulders and my neck and stuff. I'm like, yeah, woo. Shoulders, little bit my upper back. She has barely gone past my shoulder blade. Why is this woman feeling my bum? She's going in with the deep massaging on my bum cheeks. I'm like, hold on a minute. You was just massaging my neck a minute ago. How did you go from my neck to my bum? How? Then she's gone back to massaging my shoulders. I'm like, all right, cool. She's caught herself. She's realised she's doing something a bit messed up. Do my shoulders, like, yeah, upper back, boop, boop, boop. Wait, my bum, huh? And she's really needing it, like, dough, you know. I'm like, what the fuck? This woman is squeezing my bum. And she's really going in for the deep massage, and it's a bit odd. It's very odd. Because, yes, I've requested a full body massage, but I really don't know how you go from shoulders to bum. I ain't sure. I mean, I ain't that tall, but really I ain't sure. The distance between my shoulders and my bum is significant, okay? So, I'm like, this is odd. I can't seem to enjoy my massage very well because, like, this woman is really, like, she's on my bum, man. And it's kind of strange. So I'm like, shit, she throws the hot stones on. I'm like, yeah, boop, boop. A bit more inappropriate bum rubbing. I'm like, God, I gotta get out of here. Paid her, got outside. I'm asking my friend, oh, how was your massage? She's like, yeah, it's really good. So how was it? I'm like, yeah, it was okay, but this woman. It's like she was obsessed with my bum. She's like, oh, my God, I thought it was just my massage. Masseur. She did the same shit. I'm like, yeah. She's rubbing my shoulders. And, like, two seconds later, she's squeezing my bum. What the hell? So, yeah, that was, like, a running joke. And so, yeah, that's weird. That was really, really weird. I get it, I get it. I just, I guess people in Chile and other parts of wherever, they just didn't see my black face on an everyday basis. Though there are black people in Chile, there are Chilean, Chilean born black people in Chile. And there are black people across the whole of South America, okay? Don't, don't get confused. They're not just in Brazil. 
or Colombia, they are across the continent wide. Yes, there are more black people residing in other parts of South America, predominantly Brazil, than anywhere else, Brazil and Colombia, but they are there. They are there, and they are not the only ones in their village. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to, just wanted to point out a couple of strange things about race and travel. So, yeah, like I said, there is going to be the stair fest. I experienced the stair fest, good and proper. I probably got stared at probably the most in Peru. Um, the most in Peru, probably the least in Brazil and Colombia. For obvious reasons, as I just stated. But yeah, I got stared at a lot in kind of Peru. Uh, Uruguay, even though there are black people in Uruguay, most of them reside in Montevideo, which is the capital, because the country parts of Uruguay ain't nobody there. Nobody. Nobody, right? So you will be the only one in the village. Recognize. So, uh, but then also, I want to kind of point out some of the madness. So what I was saying about my where Lexi wonders, the comment she mentioned on her Instagram was basically that her black friends are like, look, I can't really go there, you know. Ain't no black people. I can't really go there, you know. What am I going to do about my hair? I can't really go there, you know. Because... And basically, it just boils down to their fear of the unknown and that they have got caught up in the belief that it's going to be extra racist outside of their doorstep or outside of their postcode. They'll be, you know, they're bringing back lynching and burden of black folk everywhere but your doorstep. Plenty of craziness happens in the States. Now, I'm from the States. I'm from London. There's plenty of craziness that happens in in the States. And me, coming from the big city of London, I want to go to certain parts of America in 2018. I don't need that shit in my life. No, thanks. Oh, no. Oh, no. But then people think, people say the same about other parts of the world, thinking that they are primitive, behind the times, um, antiquated, archaic, just a bunch of racist Nazi clansmen residing in Asia or in South America. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some racism in Asia. Paul Walkie. I'm sure that's his Instagram handle. Paul Walkie. He spells his handle a bit like Milwaukee, but it's Paul Walkie. He was doing a lot of traveling around Asia and he's highlighting a lot of the racism that he's been experiencing directly. I have a friend, um, a lady I met recently on a, on a on a travel writing course that I went on to, and um, she told me about a lot of the racist experiences that she encountered when she was um, traveling and working in China. And and a lot of that stuff is real, you know. A lot of the and the racism that she had experienced was around the belief that that, you know, as black people, we're dirty and we have some kind of 
black girl disease. And they they touch you, they might catch something, that kind of shit. But then at the same time, they're totally fascinated and want to come up to you and just take your picture without your permission or anything, just in your face with the camera phone. So there's that as a reality for some travellers. And I'm gonna have I'm gonna have her on my on the podcast actually. She don't know it yet, but she's gonna be a guest because she's got stories for days. So Evie, if you're listening, you're gonna be a guest on my podcast. Just so you know. So uh um but then there's also like the blatant kind of shadism or colorism. So when I was in Aruba in particular, and other parts of other parts of South America as well, I didn't notice that. You would find a lot of darker skinned black people doing outdoor work or a lot of the kind of physical work. So, and and usually that consists of being outside in the sun for long periods of time. Yeah, you'll find a lot of black people doing that. But when it comes to kind of the bank or front of house at the at the hotel, very, very light skin, biracial, white, without a shadow of a doubt. There are no... I didn't see any black people at a hotel desk anywhere in where I traveled to America or Aruba for that matter. Not one. Saw lots of black men doing security, like I said, outdoor work. And for the black women, they were doing a lot of cleaning and... um, they were part of the housekeeping team and and the and the kitchen staff. Not necessarily those who were waiting tables, but definitely those working in the kitchen. Because I would bump into them coming back from going to and from work in Aruba. And none of them were working a front desk. I met guys that were working on the vehicles, hotel vehicles. And they'd been at the hotel for years, but they're not working front front of house. And they're working on the vehicles, having upgraded from security, as I said, working outdoors. So there's that. But I wanted to, because um, I haven't talked about this, right? Because I found it really disturbing. Oh, let me go back to the joke. There was a joke, right? I had encountered a few Americans, as you do in your travels. And... Automatically, for some reason, because I speak English, everybody tends to assume that I too am American until they, until they listen closely to the accent. But you know, I actually encountered from other black people saying to me, "Oh, I didn't know black people lived in England." This, excuse me. Oh, I didn't know black people lived in England. This has been said to me by other black people in 2018. You see, when you don't come out of your country, your postcode, your area, your city, that's when you start talking shit, people. You need to expand your mind, okay? Like, really, I've literally had to curse out a grown woman for telling me that shit. It's like, oh, my God, you're from England? Oh, my God. Yeah. We've been there since, like, the Roman invasion. 
you can read a couple of books, you'll, 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 you'll find that out yourself. Don't be fooled by all of this Windrush talk. We've been here a lot longer than Windrush. A lot longer than Windrush. Anywho, I wanted to share that. But like I said, there was something disturbing that I encountered when I was in Aruba. So I had gone to, I was in the what's called the hotel area. So that's like, I guess the center of town, because the island's only 20 miles long. So yeah, the center of town. And there's like a little piazza where they have shows and stuff sometimes. They might have magic, they might have dance, they'll have a bit of theater, musicians will play. And it's a great little pass-through stop you can usually hear and act on before you see it as you're approaching the piazza area. So anyway, this evening, me and my friend had had um had gone to the hotel area and we decided to catch the show. So we took a seat, we're like, oh wow. So it was um like a Colombian dance troupe. Because there's a lot of um Latin Americans in in um Aruba a lot, like a lot of Colombians, a lot of Venezuelans, um, a lot of Dominican Republic as well. So yeah, we caught the dance show. There was this Colombian dance troupe. I love dance, I love live music. So I'm like, wow, this is so cool, this is so fascinating. So they had like couples dancing and you know, a bit of a chatter, but you know, not quite, a lot more kind of Colombian bass moves. It was so cool. I just dropped the mic over. And then there was this being. So picture it. There's this piazza. There's like a little water display behind them. It's Colombian music playing. You know, there's couples dancing. They got on that corny, cheesy ballroom attire with the sequins and the glitter and the satin and the lace and the chiffon and all that, you know. They've got the curls and the doll hair and the guy's got his hair slicked down like Rico Suave. Picture it. They're dancing away. They're having their moment. You're like, oh, this is so cool. And then in the middle of that, like full on dance routine, up pops this random being dressed all in black. So the person is wearing almost like dark black kind of stockings on their body on their legs and they've got like this little tutu skirt on they've got this really awful curly wig afro-y cheap kind of curly wig on and their face is covered in black but from the lips and the eyes you can tell that the person is actually white and to top it all off as I said they're wearing a skirt with a like a bra kind of top on impersonating a woman but it happens to be a man so under the attire there's a man dressed in a derogatory way impersonating a black woman some blackface foolishness is going on in 2018 and this beam just pops up in the middle of the dance like a like, like a wild card, like a joker, like Sandman at the Apollo, just randomly pops up and kind of distracting the dancers. But they're going on with their dance routine like it's nothing. And here comes 
the black one, just to, you know, just for a bit of light-hearted entertainment. I was disgusted. I was absolutely disgusted. I had not seen that shit since childhood on TV. But this person was full on blackface, gollywogging it on stage. And me and my other black friend are looking at each other like, hold on a minute, are we the only two people that see the fuckeries that's going on here right about now? Are we, are we the only ones? Bear in mind in the audience, we're like the only black people in the audience because the show was really promoted and catered for tourists. And because it was in a touristy area, you know, most locals are not really going to be going to that. Although my friend is a local and I'd been there long enough to not be a local, but still, I was taking in the vibe. I'm like, hold on a second. This is some fuckeries. So at the end of the night, at the end of the performance, my friend who speaks Spanish, she goes to speak to the choreographer and the kind of um, company, dance company lead, and basically made a complaint to say, what the fuck are you doing? Like, seriously, what the fuck are you doing in 2018? Why am I watching blackface? What the fuck makes you think that that shit is okay? Now, so my friend, you know, been quite tactful, bless her. She was tactful, she was really professional, but she just let it know. This shit's unacceptable. And I don't want it on my island. That's the space she was coming. I don't want this on my island. Don't be telling these tourists and the rest of these white people that that shit is normal, because it ain't normal. That that shit's not okay. Nah, no, 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 it's not okay. To have a white man dressed in black impersonating a black woman. No, no, no. Impersonating his perception of what black women are. Oh, hell no. No. Now, the choreographer and the dance lead is actually what, what, who appears to be a white woman. However, she explained that actually she has black grandparents. Um, and you couldn't necessarily tell by looking at her at all. She was very, very um, white-skinned and she had blonde hair and very light-coloured eyes. You wouldn't look at her and think, oh, money, you're, you know, you're biracial, she's biracial in any way, shape or form. No. So she, she, so it came across like a white woman is putting on this show and it's wrong. And so she was saying, well, actually, I have black family, so I, I'm not seeing it as I'm insulting anybody. If I was insulting somebody, I'd be insulting myself, but I'm not insulting myself, and this is a tradition in Colombia. This is what we do. It's very traditional to have that particular character pop up in dance routines. And my friends are like, this ain't Colombia, and this ain't our tradition. So you need to carry that, <laughs> need to carry that shit back. We ain't having it. So, yeah, my friend made a complaint. She put it on her, her Facebook and kind of raised, raised some awareness about it. But, yeah, that there was that. And... Um, yeah, that wasn't cool. That just was not cool. So another thing I saw, kind of relating to kind of race and travel, or just, you know, observations about race. So in Aruba, I mean, I was hard-pressed to see a black couple that was Aruban. I'm not talking about the tourists or the Americans or those from the UK. I ain't talking about them of Europe even. I'm not talking about them. 
I'm talking about a Ruben born locals. Hard pressed to see a black couple. I gotta say that it was um it was very weird. There were very few black couples. Yeah, you see a black man with a white woman or a Ruben white. Sorry, my throat's getting dry. And vice versa. And I say vice versa, but actually not really. It was mainly black men and white women or, or very, very light-skinned women. And it was really as if black women in Aruba didn't get no love, especially from black men. They're just rolling by themselves or they're with their other single friends. And I remember my friend, Arubian friend, said the same thing, that, yeah, there ain't no love. Black women are kind of lost on the totem pole. And apparently there's like a, a saying in Aruba. Um, black women work for you. You sleep with light skin. So let me start that again. Dark skin women work for you. Light skin women you sleep with. White women you marry. Now, apparently, this is like some kind of saying. But in saying that, my eyes kind of observed that as well, which was just really odd, but true. There was a lot of truth in it. Let me not say it's true because that would be wrong for the few people that I actually personally knew were in relationships with other black women. And it's all well and good if, you know, if you do, you do, you don't, you don't. But it's an it's an observation. We got we're in the Caribbean. What's going on here? What's really going on here? So yeah, I just wanted to raise that point. Did I tell you about the time that me and my female friend got stopped by a Ruben police? Okay. Crime in Aruba is super duper low. But being a police officer is a well-paid job, right? But with crime being low, Popo get bored. They need something to do. So me and my friend are coming back from karaoke one night, right? Tipsy. We're in the car. We pull up across the road from, from where I lived, because I lived on like a one-way, a one-way road. So we pulled up across the road. So we were sitting in the car chatting, you know, as women do when we come back from a night out. And we hear the police sirens. And we say, right, what's going on there? Because it's two o'clock in the morning, dead silent. The road is empty. There's not a single person. It's just us. Not even, actually, it might have even been 3 a.m. Because there was no, usually you can hear the clubs. So there's a club on the road that I lived on. And there was a club sort of like at the other end of the road. So at some point you could hear them. So it might have even been a little bit later. Anyway. Dead silence. So, all of a sudden, a police car abruptly pulls up next to us. So, we look at each other like, what's that about? So, what do they want? So, the male officer gets out of the car, and the female officer's giving us the eye from the car. So, my friend says, good night, is there something going on? Because he comes up to to the driver's side. So he's like, oh, we've got a report of a group of men being drunk, loud and disorderly. 
So we both kind of shrugged our shoulders and said, okay. Uh, but he starts to get closer to the open window and kind of pokes his head in and starts looking around the car. So my friend attempts to point to the car in car light to say it's not working. You know how Caribbean people speak with our hands. So she's going to point to the light and say, oh, it's not working. So he holds onto his gun in the holster and looks her in the face and tells her don't move. So she's kept her hands on the steering wheel. My heart's not in my mouth. Everything's running through my head and I'm trying to calm down all kinds of thoughts because I want to live. And um, to be honest, I don't know what he said after that. I just know my heart was in my mouth and I'm looking at, I'm looking at his hand on his waist at the gun because I know I want to live and I don't want to see my friend get killed either. So he proceeds to say something. I don't know what the fuck he said. But they left and we were so fucking shaken, man. We were so shaken because that shit came out of the blue. They left. I jumped out of the car, went home, bathed, jumped to my bed. I couldn't even sleep. I couldn't even sleep. The next day I spoke to my friend. And she said the same thing, like she was really shaking and couldn't sleep. Even like a couple of days later, we kind of talked about it and it was like, yeah, that really affected me, man. I, that really just came out of the blue and just knocked me for six. Joke of the week, people, joke of the week. This week, joke of the week, I can't believe I haven't actually shared this with you yet, but um, I'm going to share it with you now. Although the episode is about race and travel, it's kind of, it's kind of, I mean, some people might say I'm a bit racist, what I'm about to say, but I can't be racist because I'm talking about other black people, so I'm not racist. We'll go with ignorant. How about that? Anyway, whilst in my travels in my beloved Aruba, I made loads of friends. So one of my friends, I bumped into him one Sunday and he was just lying in and having a couple of drinks near the beach. And I had come out for like a late, come out for like a late walk. So I walked it down towards the Surfside Beach. That's what it's called, Surfside Beach. Usually they have like a little Sunday barbecue there. So, and they have a bit of music and stuff, a bit of dancing on a say, late Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. And it's all, f- well, it's not free. The music's free. The food you have to pay for. But they have like a deal on the food on a Sunday. So it's worth checking out. Surfside Beach on a Sunday, they have like an afternoon barbecue, early evening barbecue thing on the beach. It's cool. One of the cheapest things in Aruba. Anyway. So walked down the beach, discovered that there's no barbecue, no music's playing. So it's either I got there late or they just weren't having it that Sunday. Anyway, I see my friend. He's kind of sort of half drunk. Because most people are kind of sort of half drunk on the weekend in the rebuild. Anyway, so I said, what's happening? He's like, yeah, you know, I've got a party to go to. Do you want to come? I've got a little barbecue to go to. It's just not, it's not a big thing. I'm not looking to stay long. I'm like, yeah. Cool. He's like, um, it's in San Nicolas. I said, no problem. Yet. You're dropping me back, right? He's like, yeah, of course I'm going to drop you home. Cool. So 
we go for the drive, we're chatting or whatever, whatever. So um, he says to me, it's his friend's mom's barbecue. I'm like, cool, no problem. <clears throat> anyway, en route there, he's telling me this story about, because we were talking about um, relationships and children and stuff, like a topic of conversation I have pretty much every day of my life. But yeah, I was having, we were talking about relationships and children. And he asked me why I didn't have kids and did I not want to have children? Because for some reason people think I'm, because I'm a certain age, I can't have kids. I don't want kids. Yeah. So I said, yeah, I want to have children. I just haven't met anybody I want to have kids with yet. So hence why there's no kids. So he's like, yeah, you know, I said, what about you? He goes, I really want to have children. I said, okay. And he's a bit younger than me. So I said, well, what's the deal? He's like, oh, I don't like talking about it. And he looks so sullen. He's like, I don't like talking about it, you know, because people put pressure on me. And that's quite common in the Caribbean. When you get to a certain age, you're supposed to have your trailer load of kids by now. You can't be 30 and childless. Suffolk is wrong with you. There's some kind of curse. You need to go see our OB man to get that shit lifted because something's not right. So he's like 35. He hasn't got kids. I said, bro, why are you stressing? You can have kids until you're 95, all right? There's no big deal. If you're saying that you haven't met anybody or, you know, you want to be married and it's not, you're not looking to trail a load of baby mothers, then, you know, take your time and you'll figure it out. You know, there's no stress. Why just impregnate a woman just because you want to tick a box? That's not, that's not your path in life from what you're telling me. And he's like, it's true, it's not. Cool, you'll find someone. Don't worry about it. So um, we're driving to the barbecue, right? So in the car, he's like, he's telling me, yeah, telling me a story about his ex-girlfriend or his ex. So he had a booty call and he'd known, they'd been kind of friends or from a group of friends. And, you know, they'd been seeing each other for a little while. He knew her family. They knew his family. They really liked They liked each other. So... He's talking to her about moving forward from being a booty call. He's like, well, I like you, you like me. I ain't seen no one. So why don't we get together like a relationship? She's like, nah. I'm happy for things to stay the way they are until basically I get bored. And he's like, okay. So kind of long story short, she rolls out. She gets on with her life. They've gone their separate ways. Couple months pass transpires that she's pregnant. So he's telling me this on the way to the barbecue. So I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, yeah, her mom's not happy with her. And, you know, because, you know, her mom really likes me. And she's upset because she would have liked me to be the father. But I'm not the father. I'm like, all right, well, I can see why you would be a bit upset because it's kind of happening, you know, quite a short space of time. But like you said, you wanted a serious relationship. She didn't. She moved on with her life. She's told you, you know, it's not like you found out on a grapevine. She was expecting, she came and she told you. So I'm like, because, yeah, her mom's really upset with her, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, get to the barbecue now, sitting down. She goes, oh, yeah, that's the, the woman I was telling you about. So I said, he goes, oh, that's the birthday lady. Introduce me to the birthday lady. So mature woman, she's, a, you know, she's a mature woman. So he, he says, oh, that's the, that's my ex. I'm like, who's your ex? He goes, yeah, you know what, that one there. 
Well, the pregnant one. He's like, yeah, that's my ex. This is me. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I thought we were going to your friend's barbecue. He's like, yeah, I'm really good friends with her mum. Hold on a minute. So you bring me to your ex-girlfriend's mother's birthday barbecue, knowing full well that your ex-girlfriend's going to be there and her mum, who really likes you, is also there because it's her birthday. He's like, yeah, I didn't really think nothing of it. What the fuck, man? I think everything of this shit. How come I'm always in this mix-up? But I'm not happy. He's like, yeah, it's just a barbecue. But we need to hurry up and go, you know, because I'm not fucking happy right now. Not fucking happy. He's like, yeah, you know, I didn't really think nothing of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know she's going to be a bit jealous and shit, but hey, what the fuck? Of course she's going to be jealous. That's how women roll. Sometimes we do illogical shit. What the fuck? He's like, yeah. Um, yeah, why don't we stay and get some food? Fuck, no, I'm not eating. So I'm at a Haitian barbecue, right? Told you he's invited me to a barbecue Sunday evening. And I had gone to the beach because I thought they had the barbecue thing. So I'm like, I'm hungry, you know? So he's like, yeah, let's go to this barbecue. I'm like, cool, I'm going to have a little eat, have a little drink. Fantastic. I sat in that barbecue with my belly growling. I refused to eat because, you know, Haitians, they know about their, their, their voodoo, yeah? I'm not on that shit. I want to live. I'm not on that shit. Haitians can get wicked with the voodoo. No, thank you. No, thanks. I want to live, right? I don't want to wake up the next day. And I can't see it, but everybody sees my face favor frog. No. Why would I do that to myself? I sat there, my belly's grinding. Everybody offered me food. Are you hungry? No, I'm good, you know. You sure you don't want the food ready? No, I'm all right. Thank you so much. Are you hungry? No, I'm good. I'm good. Can I get you anything? No, I'm all right. I'm all right. Can I get a drink? Nah. No. I get my own drink if you don't mind. So I'm only getting the drink, you know, the beer, because I'm a rum drinker. Nah, I don't want to pour nothing from no bottle that's already open. I'm getting a beer where I can take the top off myself. The man bring me to the barbecue. I was so vexed. I was vexed all the way home. I'm like, brother, what the hell were you thinking? He's like, but nothing was going to happen to you. How do you know this? How do you know this? You got Shannon really disappointed. I thought you was going to eat. Hell no. So somebody then gave me a plate of food, right? They were like, oh, I see that you're sitting there with no food. Because, you know, that's how people roll. It's like food and drink, that makes the community. I understand that's particularly us as black people. That's how we roll. Food and drink. People in Latin America, South America, that's how they roll. Africans, that's how we roll. We cook, we eat. It's a communion, right? So no one can be sitting there without no drink or no food unless you've just finished your food and you're drinking your belching. I said, no, I'm not eating nothing. Gave me a plate. Somebody gave me a plate and I handed it right to my friend. So this is for you to take home. He's like, you're not going to try none. Oh, hell no. Hell to the no, no, no. No. I'm not eating nothing from no Haitian barbecue. Oh, no. Not after that drama. Thank you very much. People. It's the end of the show. It's the end of the show. Uh, yeah, it's been good, actually. So follow me 
follow the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, at Hotfoot Rooms. I'm doing some work on my YouTube page. What I'm going to do is actually put the episodes up on YouTube as well. I should really stop saying that and just get it done. But, um, yeah, I'm going to do that. Put that up because some I've been getting a bit of feedback that some people are having problem accessing the podcast. Now I don't know how that is. I don't know how that is, but some people are saying I'm getting some feedback that people are saying they can't access it. I press the link, can't get in. But I do ask my wonderful listening community that when you do share the podcast or let people know, let them know it's available on all different platforms. So I know that. Some people listen on the platform that that's their favorite. Um, and some people listen on the Anchor app. So whatever you're listening on, let your people know it's also available elsewhere. So it's available on Spotify. It's available on Google Podcasts. It's available on iTunes. It's available on SoundCloud. It's available on Pocket Cast, on TuneIn, and on the Anchor app too. So have a listen. So with this episode, I must have mentioned it in the beginning, but I mentioned it, I'm going to mention it in the end too. I want this to be a part two because, so this is part one of two parts. So there's a couple people I've met recently and I want them to be guests on my show. One of them being one of the co-founders and co-creators of Black and Abroad. I met him recently, sent him an email, said, yeah, I want you to be a guest on my podcast. Just waiting for a reply. But um, I'll just chase him down again, won't I? But yeah, I want him on the show and a couple other people. So if I can get him and another sister that I met recently to get them on the show to kind of talk about their experiences in race and travel. And then I guess it would be a little bit more serious. Well, it doesn't have to be serious. Because some of them have got some hilarious stories. Ignorance on a whole nother level that I actually really want to share with you guys. So this is part one of part two. So look out for part two. And it's not going to follow in sequence. I'm sorry. It's just it's just <laughs> not going to be like that. Sorry. So the part two episode is probably going to come a couple episodes later. But you're going to follow it because it's going to be called part two, isn't it? Anyway. Aside from that, follow me where I said follow me. Uh, the update on the blog is that there is no update as yet. Full stop. That, um, what else was I going to say? Oh, Drats, Amanda, what was I going to say? Oh my goodness, I forgot my train of thought. I really did. <laughs> Train of thought, yes. <laughs> I'm back on it again. I was going to say, um, oh, damn. I was going to say, right, follow me on all the platforms. This is part one of part two. Oh, yes. Comments and suggestions. <laughs> Any comment? I've been taking my ginkgo, man. It's not been working. Any comments? Any suggestions, any feedback, let me know. So you can actually send a listener feedback through the Anchor app. You don't have to do that if you don't want to, if you can't be asked to download that, but you can if you want. And also you can send me feedback on social. You can send an email 
at uh, hotfootrobes at gmail.com if you've got something longer that you want to share or if you actually just want to find out about something that I haven't yet talked about. Maybe I haven't even thought about talking about it and then you let me know and then I'll talk about it. So yeah, let me know. Oh, Lordy, where's my manners? I just forgot them. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for following. Thanks for commenting. Thank you. Thank you very much. See you soon. You know, when you hear this quote, it is the end of the show. Those who roam are not always lost. Keep roaming, people.